and welcome to the One Hit Wonder Why podcast, the podcast where we review One Hit Wonder albums, and then afterwards we wonder why. My name is Eric Hasenegger. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for clicking on the play button on your browser or on your cellular device. Uh, very much appreciated. I, I'm going to get right down to it, ladies and gentlemen. I love music. There, I said it. I love music. I, I need music. It's uh, any genre, era, I, I will get something out of it. Even if it's not my favorite, I will get something out of it. And I am very much looking forward to going through with this podcast because it's, it's going to be a fun trip, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, the second part of it, besides just me loving music, I love talking about music. And the third part is I love talking about one-hit wonders. Now, um, some of those uh, that you may not know is what are one-hit wonders? Well, a one-hit wonder in music is usually referred to as uh, to an artist or band that may just have one major hit uh, in the mainstream and then kind of not follow up or kind of fade away, and you don't really hear from them anymore. Uh, I'm I'm not going to take like a negative. I, I feel like that's a negative approach, but I feel like I'm going to take more of a positive spin to it, and I'm going to look at the actual album, the full album of the One Hit Wonder uh, artist or band, and kind of look at all the other songs that um, may have not been, maybe it wasn't marketed right, maybe the timing of releasing it wasn't right, uh, and see how well it ages, and see if the other songs on the album really you know, stand the test of time, or maybe there was a reason why uh, the, the artist or band didn't have another hit off this album. So I, this is more of an exploring journey uh, for me and hopefully for yourself to kind of see what other songs there are. Just think of me as a uh, kind of a, 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 a gold miner, you know, like filtering, you know, trying to in the 1880s in the San Francisco, trying to find the great gold rush. Maybe I'll get some fool's gold, but maybe I'll get some real gold. And in this case, it's going to be maybe audio gold. Who knows? Uh, so I'm looking forward to kind of uh, looking through all the all the aspects um, of it. So I'll be looking at the artist or band, kind of giving them a, a quick background, and then uh, we'll look at the number one hit that they had and reviewing that. And then uh, I'm going to review all the other tracks on the album, and uh, I'll have a, a rating for each track. And then at the end of the show, I'll I'll give a you know overall synopsis and review and. Uh, see if the album will holds up and if it's worth uh, your listen uh, and worth your time. So that's just the, that's the gist of this podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope uh, you, you go on the journey, the musical one hit wonder journey with me. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us get down to our first episode here and get down to the first topic, which is the 1997 hit torn by the Australian singer, Natalie Imbruglia with off of her album left of the middle let us get down to a background of Natalie Imbruglia. Natalie Imbruglia, born February 4th, 1978. She grew up in Berkeley Vale, New South Wales, in Australia. At 15, she moved to Sydney with her family, and she studied ballet and tap dancing. Uh, Natalie appeared in a bunch of Australian television commercials, alongside uh, some of which that included Coca-Cola. She left school at the age of 16 to pursue acting, and shortly thereafter, she got a role on the popular soap opera over there by the name of Neighbors for two seasons. And then the end of her second year on the show, she uh, 
wanted to pursue songwriting and uh, she left the show to move to London in 1994 and that's I gotta say that's pretty ambitious and pretty awesome she just like wanted to do her own thing that early I, I know at 16 I was not that ambitious so uh, you know I think I I wanted just to play you know GameCube uh, so I think that's that's pretty awesome of her to do that as well here uh, so eventually her manager introduced her to a English chap by the name of Phil Thornally Phil is a longtime UK music industry vet who worked with such bands such as Duran Duran and the Thompson Twins. Most notably, he produced the 1982 classic album Pornography by the legendary band The Cure. He briefly also played bass for them as well around this time. Once Thornally and Imbrilia met, they recorded four demos one of which was torn and a record contract was offered. Left of the Middle was recorded in early 1997 and then released in November 24th, 1997. So that uh, brings us to the uh, titular song, Torn. Now, I did not know this beforehand, and maybe, maybe you did know this, uh, maybe you didn't, but I did not know Torn was a cover. I, it, it definitely blew my mind. And then looking at the amount of versions of this song, it's just staggering. Uh, Phil Thornally co-wrote Torn all the way back in 1991 with an LA rock group called Edna Swap. Uh, the song was first recorded in 1993 by Danish pop singer Liz Sorison, which was a super big hit in Denmark. And then Edna Swap finally recorded in 1995 and they remixed this uh, song several times for the radio as B-sides, and then eventually found on their album in early 1997 called Wacko Magnet. Uh, the, the version on Spotify that's uh, by NSWAP, it's, it's, it's a lot slower, uh, and I can see why you know, it didn't really take off. The tempo just needed to be brought up. It was a little heavier, but not really, I could see why it just didn't really resonate with a lot of people. But then also another person covered it uh, beforehand as well. We had an American-Norwegian singer, Trine Rain, who also released a version of this song uh, off her second album called Beneath My Skin in 1996. So you're looking at uh, three different artists or bands covering this song until Natalie Imbruglia's version blew up. Um, it's nuts. And uh, I want to play a little, a little short snippets of the three artists here so starting from first second third the first one will be liz Sorensen, and then second will be try and rain and then third is uh, one of the versions of end of swap and you'll just see kind of the the, the bones of the song are, are, are there for sure and um let's just take a quick listen here and i'll say a little after Oh, I feel 
well, that was uh, three versions of Torn. I know I didn't know there were that many. There's actually more. I could have played more. We would have been uh, here the next 20 minutes. But uh, I just wanted to give a sample of what uh, was out there. I, I definitely uh, learned a lot as far as how much this song was covered. I Why, you know, it was written all the way back in 1991 and then not released uh, in a swap. Uh, they didn't put it out until their new album in 1997. I have no idea. But it's a weird history, um, but fascinating to say the least. So I uh, it definitely caught me off guard to know like there was that many versions, and Natalie's was the one that t- taken off. And I I feel when seeing or hearing the uh, the three versions, it's the the structure of the song is pretty much there. If you listen to the full ones, uh, it, there it's there. It's just I felt like the production on uh, from Rulia's version is. Uh, definitely cleaned up and um it's it's tighter i think her vocals match well with the uh dynamic of the darker lyrics um i think that's what kind of made this such a big success so let's play natalie's version uh real quick here Isn't that just that small clip awesome? I I would love to play the full clip, but you know, you everyone's got the ability to play play it. Um, otherwise, the copyright ninjas will pull down this podcast, and I don't want that. But uh, it's I don't get sick of that song. Never will. Never have. Uh, it's I. Yep, it's super poppy, but it's so catchy and it's it's so well crafted. Um, as you can tell, uh, the nice bright cheery acoustic guitar thrown in there at the beginning uh it there it's the riff reminded me of hootie and the blowfish uh all i want to be with you um that kind of uh tempo and uh it's a little similar by golly by george i will uh save my praises later on i'll just give you a quick history here the torn was released on october 27th 1997 and i remember this being released uh, on mtv's total request live uh, the music video the daily music video countdown show where uh, people would call in and request their favorite videos yes uh, way back when people actually you, there was no streaming services you had to call uh, MTV to request a music video and um, <laughs> I, I never called TRL I wish I would have back then but you know I was like you know 11 at this time so I never really never really did that but I, I did watch TRL like a lot around this time and I remember seeing Torn on here like quite a bit you know and so it was it, the, I always I didn't mind it I wasn't you know it wasn't my thing at the time you know I was too, you know 11 years old and uh, so I was into Limp Biscuit and you know, corn and all that, you know, edgy, edgy, cool dude stuff. But uh, later on, as I gotten older, I've, I've definitely appreciated uh, this song and um, hearing it on like on a 90s station on, uh, you know, satellite radio. I, I like it kind of just sparked like, oh, yeah, th- this song is pretty darn cool. I don't I don't care who 
you know, knows it. It's it's awesome. It's it's everything. The acoustic guitar. It's it's dripping in nineties, nineties, ninety type style production, and uh, I love it. It's uh, it, the clean acoustic guitar opening and uh, the ending solo. Uh, it's just it's it's good. It's it, it, I don't get sick of it. Um, so I will uh, rate this. So this is the first song off the album. I'm gonna start with the review portion of it right away here. So uh, what I I don't have a official review score yet but i'm gonna give this five bops five out of five bops bops is the uh the score i'm going to use so one just think of it one being uh, terrible two being and eh, there's maybe a part or two but that's about it three being very average four being like okay this is pretty good pretty good and then five is like insanely good i can't get enough of it so uh that is the official review uh template for the uh, one hit wonder why podcast in case you were wondering so um yeah this the song torn gets five bops so on to the next track of left of the middle here we're getting on to the one more addiction So this track, it, it lacks a big hook to keep you interested. There's not a whole lot of content lyric-wise. Um, it deals with a toxic relationship, um, which you'll notice it's it's a big theme for this album. There's a lot going on production-wise, I feel, that um, is thrown together without feeling super cohesive. Uh, a harmonica is splashed around there too periodically. I don't have anything wrong with harmonica, but it's just it doesn't really provide a whole lot of depth. Uh, and then there's not a lot of breathing room for the lyrics to, you know, kind of have room to shine. Um, if that makes sense. I, I do dig the, uh, bass sound though. I, I will give it its props. I love the little, the, the bass groove that it has. The, the wah wah guitar effect is very prevalent as you can uh, hear, uh, under the chorus and other parts of the song. And it's, I think it's a little distracting and it feels like it doesn't quite fit here. I'm not, anti-wawa but it, uh, let the record show before i get any angry comments or emails um but uh, you know i love Jimi hendrix but it's just it's it's not used well it, and it feels like a, a it sounds like a cheap version of uh, uh of a wawa you know pedal or uh, sound mixing um just not it, it's not not my favorite this is not a not a great song everything feels very overstuffed and it's too much for the listener to really take in and go along for the ride so uh, one more addiction um, i'm sorry you're gonna get two bops two bops all right so next track is a big mistake think of all the bubbles of love we made So Big Mistake was a follow-up single to Torn, but it wasn't released here in the States, which I'm surprised. I, I think it would have done pretty well here. Uh, definitely not, you know, Torn-level success, but uh, it's still pretty good nonetheless. A, it has a harder edge than the rest of the record, and I dig it. It's a little more on the rock side than uh, Torn was, but and it, it builds up to the first chorus with a guitar bursting out as Natalie exclaimed about someone who hurt her 
but that it also is trying to come crawling back at the same time. Uh, I like the line that leads into the chorus of think of all the bubbles of love we made. Uh, and then she ramps up chastising this person who wronged her in this relationship. Uh, it's a good revenge song. It has a strong Alanis Morissette vibes in regards to production and subject matter. Uh, just think you ought to know. And you you get the idea. Uh, maybe, and also at this time, uh, Alanis Morissette was still huge. And other record companies were trying to cash in on the female singer-songwriter uh like trend that was really uh, this was kind of I kind of started around here and um, maybe this isn't a this track isn't like super original uh, for a pop rock song but it's still well done and um, it's definitely up there as far as my favorite tracks on the record uh, big mistake you get three bops so the next track is leave me alone So this tr song is definitely a big departure from the previous tracks so far. It's it's definitely uh, it's not it's not a great one. I gotta say it's it's more uh, what's what the kids used to call in the genre back in the '90s trip hop. And for those of you who don't know what trip hop is, it's a blend of psychedelic fusion of R&B, jazz electronic art you know it's it, definitely all over the place for sure uh and around this time it i think it was starting to taper off a little bit um listening to this song i, I couldn't help but be reminded of another uh song that came out earlier before this uh by another uh, electronica band by the name of the sneaker pimps and they they had only a one hit and it sounded a lot like this and it was called six underground I actually like that song. Uh, it's uh, the, the this one though. Leave me alone. Ugh. It 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 seemed like it was trying to uh, hop on uh, the trend uh, of trip hop at the time, and it just it just doesn't go anywhere. There's no uh, variety of lyrics, and um, it, it just drones on with "Leave me alone," blah blah blah. It's there's there's not a lot of variety in the lyrics and melody. So uh, for the rating, for the bop rating you get 1.5, leave me alone, sorry. So onto the next track is Wishing I Was There. So Wishing I Was There is, uh, it picks up the pace from the previous track. It has a nice sing-along chorus with a layered group vocals and an up-tempo beat. It's a it's another song that's very influenced from the Alanis Morissette School of Production and Lyrics. You have a, uh, another revenge song and everything like that, but you have a, a good tremolo effect added to the guitar as well as another clean acoustic uh, guitar accompanying the background. Uh, Phil Thornally, the producer, he, my man loved him some clean acoustic guitars uh, because a lot of this album has it. Um, it seems like it's the same style, same guitar, um, but uh, it's 
it, it's it's an okay track. It's 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 in the middle ground. I don't unnecessarily hate this one. It's um, it doesn't have a strong hook to it. Um, the lyrics aren't super deep, but it, it's an easy listen. And I like the little guitar phrases splashed around throughout. So wishing I was there, you get three bops, three bops. All right. So on to the next track is Smoke. Smoke is it's a uh, it's more of a melodic tune on the record. It has a, a little nice underlying piano melody with a little bit of a hip hop beat accompanied by the orchestral score, and um, you get uh, some splashes of guitar noodling as well. Uh, I I was really surprised by this song. I I was not expecting to like this one at all. I've never heard of it. I really like the verses of it as well because it gives Natalie room to showcase her vocal range. Uh, with the reverb added to her vocals, it adds more emotion and weight, feeling like she is trapped, which fits the song perfectly with her discussing about a troubled relationship with her parents and how it affects her. I dig the bridge with her vocals taking center stage. Again, it was mixed really well. I was uh, I was really enjoyed this song. It stood out as not being your token somber pop ballad and more of an interesting blend with uh, her vocals uh, being front and center. My, I guess my only complaint is it goes on a little long. Uh, there doesn't seem like a, a strong end to it, but it, it it's surprisingly it's a it's a good bopper. All right, so for my bop rating, you get four bops. Smoke four bops. Congratulations. So. On the next one is Pigeon and Crumbs. So this one, it starts off with a strong organ presence. Uh, it's a nice change of pace from the previous songs. I don't know how I feel about the weird electronic spacey effects that you heard in the clip there. It's just, it's definitely, it's not, not for me, a little uh, cheesy. The bridge breakdown too, uh, and it, it takes a weird turn. Uh, it's the, it's just the production. It's a, a lot could, could have been scaled back and this song really doesn't feel like it goes anywhere as far as level wise. And um, again, it kind of just, hangs around and with the song clocking over five minutes it feels a little long and it doesn't feel like it really goes anywhere sonically or lyrically so this one will get two bops pigeon crumbs two bops all right on to the next one is don't you think this one is definitely another Alanis Morissette-like song, another up-tempo uh, pop rock track. track. Uh, I dig the chorus, but again, the, the wah-wah, random guitar wailings clogs up the song. It, it, some stuff could have been scaled back. There's a, there's a decent song in here, but the production is just, it feels like it's drowning in everything, like thrown against the wall. Um, there's not really a good hook to really, like, come back to and it it sounds like even a uh, a worser version 
than the uh, wishing I was there I talked about earlier. So it it's not something you can really latch on to. This is definitely a filler track, so don't you think we'll get two bops? Sorry, don't you think? So on to the next one is the song Impressed. So impressed. Uh, the first thing I thought when listening to this song is it feels like a would-be mid-90s U2 track with the incorporation of electronic dance and rock mixed together. The track itself is definitely a product of the time with a heavy blend of electronica and at the end of the song it almost sounding like a, a rave towards the end um, and also there's not a lot of lyrics to hold on to either but for what there is i do enjoy the imagery of her sarcastically being impressed how this couple is perfectly made for each other as this rich douchebag guy having this trophy wife and brulia saying the candles are burning out for both of them is a, a line i enjoyed um, overall there it is decent lyrics but uh, it's a track you can play a couple times and you can kind of be done with and it just keeps going. Um, no really solid uh, end to it. So uh, for the bop meter, I will give Impressed three bops. Three bops. Okay, on to the next one. The next track is Intuition. Intuition, it, it's a bouncy light rock track. Uh, it's, it's an easy lesson. I could see this one being released as a, a single as well. There's nothing super memorable though. It's uh, Imbruglia detailing no matter what choices she's made in her past. She's she's happy with where she's at. Uh, the course has bang in the middle of real life as she says it. And then you gotta have your do do do's, your na na na's. Uh, it's not a pop song if you have your na na na's. Uh, if you do, don't have those na na na's in there, so it, it definitely has it relies on its tropes. Uh, also also so you know it's it's an okay song it's neither bad or good um it's just okay so intuition i'm feeling like for bops it's gonna get 2.5 all right on to the next one the next track is city I, so I dig City. Uh, it's it's definitely a slower temp, tempo rock jam here. It, it's got a nice alt rock feel to it. Uh, it's it reminds me of an early Jewel song mixed with a little grunge, a little a little grime into it. Uh, I was surprised by the song as I wasn't expecting to have this harder rock edge. And I like the occasional saxophone placement to give this song extra jazzy, quote unquote, big city feel as Natalie needs to escape from something, whether it's a past racial relationship or just need a, a change of scenery again uh, as i said before the kitchen sink approach of production where so many effects are layered on here and i feel like it, it's not trusting the song itself which is a shame i actually do think there's a, a, a pretty good song in here for example that natalie's vocals has the filter vocal as you heard in the clip uh, on it in the chorus and i just i don't think it needs it um and also, the other drawback is it kind of fizzles out towards the end. 
Um, again, kind of a theme for the record of these songs. Some of these songs do fizzle out, and it doesn't feel like it wraps up. Uh, it, it kind of the band feels like it just half plays and then stops abruptly. And um, yeah, that's that's my uh, just a couple nitpicks. But there is a, this is still a solid song. So uh, for City, I will give this one three point five bops. All right, on to the next la- and last track, Left of the Middle. So the titular track here, it's this nice, slow, acoustic ballad of heartbreak and falling out of love. I, I like the more intimate recording on this one. It It's a stark difference with the other tracks and in a good way. Uh, I feel this, this is the first song of the whole record that really strips away the production and just lets Natalie sing. Just kind of trust her her vocals. Like, yes, this, this woman can sing and she can sing well. Uh, her vocals feels like she's singing right in your living room or wherever you are listening to this. It's a nice, quiet end. Uh, I, it doesn't need to be this grandiose uh, track like the like a lot of album closers have to be. It's a there's not a, again not a big hook, not a big uh, strong melody with it, but it's a respectable finale to an album that I I def- again another song I surprisingly liked. Um, this one. Left of the middle, I will give you 3.5 bops. And with that, that is all of the tracks here from Left of the Middle. Uh, so I counted all of the bops here that I rated on each track here. And I said, looks like it's 35 bops altogether, in case you were wondering, in case you were keeping score. Um, which you, if you were, that'd be weird because this is the first episode. You wouldn't know. But I, I have, uh, there's 35, and what I like to do is just count out how many tracks there are of the record and then kind of divide, you know, how many bops by uh, how many tracks there are, and then we'll give a, a kind of right score for the record here. So I have 35 bops, in case you're wondering here, and I didn't do the math before, so let me pull up the calculator here here uh, bear with me i'm not gonna any of this out so this is uh raw math here so 35 divided by 12 here we go it is 2.9 so uh that's almost three for an average three bops uh overall and i think that's that's pretty fair uh there's this record has some ups and downs uh for sure uh, that uh, torn obviously the one hit that one is a you know a masterpiece it you can listen to that anytime, but there's some surprising songs as well. Uh, Smoke being one of them, I really enjoyed that one. I'd recommend that one uh, second, and then followed by probably the the closing track, Left of the Middle. Um, I really liked uh, the acoustic vibe of it. Just everything stripped away and kind of just Natalie's vo- vocals. Again, Natalie's vocals. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Just the the production. It seems like it overall the the album just got too busy. It got too too much in the pop rock. Uh, cliches that it, it's hit um, it hit and none of them a lot of them didn't really resonate with me but again this is um, this is a good like journey for me and hopefully for you just to kind of see the other songs of a one-hit wonder and uh, I had fun I had fun I hope you did too and uh, I'm glad uh, you followed me through this journey so that is it for the show here I, I don't have a, a send-off I don't have a closing this is just 
riffing. But um, yeah, thank you for joining on me on this one hit wonder journey. And uh, uh, stay tuned for the, uh, subscribe to this podcast feed, the one hit wonder why. And eventually I'll get the socials up there uh, eventually. But uh, again, thank you very much for listening. My name is Eric Hossier. Have a pleasant day.